Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, Martial Arts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode four. I uh, hope everybody's well. Um, first things first, I'm going to get this out of the way now. Um, yep, yeah, I'm absolutely rammed full of cold. Um, so <laughs> apologies if I do sound different this week. Um, my voice is just about hanging in there, uh, but if you hear me coughing, coughing and spluttering, then do apologise. I will do my best to edit out any um, any nastier noises, so to speak. Um, so, what we've got on this week? We're going to we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. Uh, the obviously the first first week we I was just trying things out and um, just trying to get a feel for the equipment and and how all this podcasting stuff works. Um, and the last two episodes have been focused around individual guests. So what I wanted to do this week uh, was actually open it up the phone line, so to speak, um, to lots of different people uh, from different backgrounds, um, different things to chat about. Um, I've actually got a, a few different guests lined up. Now, to be 100% truthful with you, um, this first section now I'm actually recording before speaking uh, to the guests that we're going to have on, uh, just basically as a, a little bit of an insurance thing, uh, because I could feel uh, I can feel my voice getting a little bit worse day in, day out, so I didn't want to wait until the end of the week, and I have absolutely no voice left uh, and not be able to put anything out on Friday. So, I've recorded this a little bit earlier, um, just just to be safe, so to speak. Um, so uh, things that have been going on um, for for me personally for the podcast this last week. What was really cool after episode three uh, with our guest Chris Devera, um, chatting about all sorts of uh, tricking and, and performance martial arts type of things, uh, was the amount of nice comments and feedback I got from people. Um, to say how, although it wasn't something that they had an interest in or something that they particularly knew a lot about, they enjoyed listening to the show um, and that following that they went off and did a little bit of research themselves. And that that's kind of exactly what I'm hoping to achieve on a, on a larger scale over time with this podcast, sort of um, opening people up to new areas of, of martial arts or perhaps uh, things that they'd sort of pushed to one side as something that they, they felt wasn't for them. Um, just so we can you know, learn to understand each other a little bit more and the different areas of martial arts uh, and bring everybody together in a sort of a community spirit. At least that's what I'd love to achieve in an ideal world. I understand that it won't be quite as easy as that. Um, also for the podcast this last week, we've actually um, sort of semi semi-permanently uh, settled in now with our hosts at, at SoundCloud um, I've just actually taken out a, uh, a full package agreement with them there now so um, going forwards there are there are some costs involved um, and I'm, I'm hoping that uh, with support out there from people listening uh, we're going to be able to find ways to cover it um, for the time being though um, the, the podcast has actually been sponsored uh, by my own um, business on the side which is uh, uk. Um, so if you're interested in picking up some new kick drills uh, some tips or hints on, on how to improve your kicking or, or balance or that sort of thing if you head over there uh, to onlinekicking.co.uk, I've got I think I think there's about 25 videos on there at the minute uh, of various different things, uh, working through different basics from your front kicks through to your jump spin hook kicks and and everything else. So go check that out. Um, supporting that actually supports the podcast. Uh, so uh, please do go take a look. Uh, if not, give it a share. That would be appreciated. Um, 
In other news, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to somebody um, who a lot of people in the martial arts will know, uh, Mr. Dave Turton, who has been quite unwell uh, of recent, um, which had the great news that he's actually um, on the mend. Um, he came down with a, a bout of pneumonia, uh, which is uh, anybody that's suffered with or uh, knows anybody have uh, has will know it's particularly nasty. So, um, big shout out to Dave. Um, hope you're feeling better, sir, uh, and you're back on your feet and back to doing what you do best as soon as possible. Um, so, without any further ado, I think what we'll do is we'll open it up to our first guest, whoever it is. It's not lined up yet, um, and I'll I'll catch you in a little bit, guys. Cheers. Okay, so uh, live on the phone now, we have uh, Lucci from the Kaizen Show. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, Chris. How are you? I'm great, thank Well, I say I'm great. I'm absolutely full of cold. Um, but other than that, I can't complain. I'm a bit snotty and feeling sorry for myself. But uh, <laughs> no, all's good, all's good. Keep going, um, mate. Keep going. So, um, we're nearly there, nearly showtime. It's, um, yeah, two weeks, just under. About two weeks, yeah. Two weeks, um, two weeks Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the this is the hard part now. The last two weeks, this is when everybody wants uh, wants tickets and um, calling me up to see if they if they're able to teach a seminar. <laughs> Crazy! All, yeah. all the last minute people have had a year. <laughs> all, all the last minute people have had. Yeah, we. we um, how long have we been on this? It's last November. Yeah. Um, so we did the first we did the first Kaizen um, Expo back in October the twenty first. Yeah. Um, in Nottingham, so I just thought this year I'll do a summer one. And well, if if we get some, my fingers are really crossed. I'm, I'm looking at the skies now, Chris, and it's a bit it's a bit dull here in Nottingham. It's going to so be. My fingers, it's my fingers are crossed. Yeah, nah, we've got the so, sunshine booked. It's going to be sunny. Yeah, yeah. so we've we, you know we've been plugging it since like November last year. So let's 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 see in our last last two weeks. Um, I'm just finalising um, the actual timetable and the final lineups. And um, organising all the demos, and you know that that, that you know, that's the fun part. But mm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I was there last year uh, for the first one, and thoroughly enjoyed the day. As did everybody that was there. And it was yeah. what was really nice to see was um, there was way way more people actually there participating than watching. Um, in fact, there were very, very few people watching at all. It was the vast majority of the people were there to train, which was really, really cool to see. I know, I know. I and know. there were so Every many different things to filled. do. That's right, yeah. There was so much yeah. different stuff to do as well, you know. There was yeah. and all the different areas that were all buzzing. So um, any uh, anybody cool lined up for this year? Anybody um, different from last year? Um, Once again, my friend, it's, <laughs> it's an amazing lineup. And absolutely, um, it's been deleted. Like, like you said, in, in back in back in October, word went round straight away what what a great great event it was. Yeah. Uh, and purely because I, I think I had the right people there, and all the instructors they talked with passion. Yeah. And you know, hence the reason why a lot, a lot of them went over went over their time. You know, but you know, but never mind. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, we, we, yeah, we've got some amazing amazing instructors. We've we've got some. Um, you know the same lot as um, last last October. Mm. Not all. Um, again, yourself, you're, you're booked on, I believe, Chris. I am, yes. And you'll be there. Um, Simon Oliver, Terry O'Neill, Eddie Quinn, Zara Fiveun, wow. uh, Russell Jarmus is on. Uh, Mr. Pillage, Tony Pillage is is doing a seminar as well. Um, I believe I believe his seminar was the biggest um, we had last last year. He had like nearly 70, 70 plus on his wow. seminar. Oh, yeah, along with Russell and um, and Scott Cardwell as well. Mm. So that, that was um, we're looking at big big stuff again ne- ne- uh, for next year as well. 
looking at big, big, well, this year, should I say, looking at really like big, big field um, seminars as well with the with the lineup. But there's we've got a non checker group coming in right. as well. Cool. We've got lots, a lot of different. There's going to be some sword throwing, um, uh, you know, d- demonstrations as well. We've got the aikido demonstrations, jujitsu demonstrations, karate. Um, we've got a kickboxer got called Gordon Gordon Scott Russell coming oh, yeah. from Scotland. Yeah, yeah Mike Constantinus. That's about if I pronounce that right, coming over from Holland. Um, so yeah, man, people are people are travelling for this. You know, we've got a we've we've got like a karate zones and jujitsu zones. We've got um, Kevin Powell, tenth um, degree black belt. Kevin Powell. We've got Tony Tony Bailey, the general, coming along again. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. It's gonna be amazing. So, the lineup is so, just too many to list. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's going to be amazing and the vendors we've got some amazing again once again some amazing vendors as well so if you are coming guys bring some money with you because yeah. it's going to be you know the, the the one thing i like what i what i liked about expos back in the you know back in the old days is the fact that i can bring things home with me yeah you know like, like i'm able to go and spend money and um you know it, it, enjoy the whole day it's not just about going turning up and doing the doing the seminars and meeting the instructors and having pictures and things like that you know you, you want to be taking things home with you yeah yeah cool stuff so, and, and and i believe that there's a, an extra twist to it this year and that it's part outdoors as well it's a, yeah that's why i've got my fingers crossed it is an outdoor it's an outdoor event it's an outdoor martial arts expo which i believe is the very first the uk have had mm. but if it rains it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because we've got like big uh, it, you'll be covered I'm not gonna. I don't want to say. I don't want to say too much. I just want to surprise people. So people, people need. People it. need to get there to see what's what. People need to get there and see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obvious, for obvious reasons, we've got like the knife throwing and things like that outside. There's mm. uh, so outside, outside, as I call it. Um, there's sort of going to be a kids zone as well. Um, there as well. So there's a lot of kids. Kids doing the, some martial art tricks and and um, nunchaker and, and, and things like that and all cool. good, all good and fun, fun and games for the kids as well. So something for everybody. All the family can join in. Then that's cool. It is. It's. It is. It's, it's quite. It's quite difficult when you're putting things like this on. You need to cater for physically and literally everybody. Hmm. Um. So you know you, you got to you got to tick tick all boxes. I'm sure I've made a few mistakes again this this time, but you know I'm still learning. Hey, it's how we um, learn, isn't it? It's how we learn. I mean, if it's it. If it, last year was as a first event, I can say from being there, it was fantastic, and I know a lot of other people yeah. shared yeah, yeah. that same view as well. So, um, yeah. if you it's a if good you vibe on it. yeah yeah it's if a good you vibe, if you matched yeah. if you match last year, then that's going to be fantastic, um, and I would imagine that this year will be even better still. So, um, onwards yeah. and upwards, it's I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking yeah. forward to it. Well, that's all I can do is you know do a little bit better than last year. Let, 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 let's you know let, let let's see. Yeah, fantastic. Let's see. Summer event net um twenty nineteen's already been booked, so that's that's going to be a two day event. Wow. Um yeah, I think I think July July the sixth and July the seventh is gonna be a two day event. Um just write that down. <laughs> Mark, I don't know if you've seen Mark Stas all over social media from Belgium, Mark Stas. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's confirmed. Wow. He's confirmed we, we we're gonna be flying him over. Um and a few others I can't I can't mention yet. No, uh, we're, also, we're also looking at uh, a tournament as well, so there'll be some sort wow. of tournament going off, uh, as well as uh, as well as the EXO. So, you know, year by year, brick by brick, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, I've got a pretty bad habit of biting off more than can chew, <laughs> and 
yeah, so so that you know, we, we, with Kaizen, I've really had to like hold myself back and you know do it professional. But I've mm. got there's a lot of people who who helped me out on the on oh, the way yeah. and gave me some great advice and stopped me yeah. falling over. Well, that's one thing I was going to say about what I felt last year. It was very much a community event. Obviously, yes. it's your event and, and you're running it as organizer, but it did have that community vibe to it. Like everybody yeah. was digging in and 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 helping yeah. out in their own way, and that's yeah, that's yeah. really nice. Really we nice. For charity as well, we raised some money for charity um, last year. The we we, we the, 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 what no, you don't make no money with things like this. And what what, what when we do make the money, um, it does it, it go it's go, it goes to charity. And fantastic, you know this year this year there's going to be some donation boxes, um, for 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 a couple of couple of charities as well. And and, and you know um, one one in particular to my my our friend Scott Cardwell. Yeah. Who, uh, who we sadly lost this year, and, and, and we, we could raise some money for his memorial. Um, and also, there's, there's the, the main seminar area is is named after named after Scott. Um, where we'll we'll have we're gonna have a, a, a minute's applause for him just before we um, start the seminars. And um, Keith Priestley will be doing a kata in Brilliant. Scott's name, and the party will start with uh, Russell Jarmusy. Um, opening opening that that seminar area. Oh, what better way? That's what, perfect. Whatever he's going to do, and um, yeah, I'm, and I'm sure whatever he does, it's going to be um, amazing. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. quality instructor, fantastic. So, where can people go to find out more information and to book tickets? There's just go to the, the Kaizen. I, I've never been a believer of, of, of websites. I've never, and I've, with the Kaizen has still not got an official website. Yeah, uh, believe it or not. Uh, I'm very old school. <laughs> so we have got a Facebook page, the Kaizen um, Martial Arts Expo, on on on, on the Facebook. So yeah. you know, this, this I'll, I'll be honest with you, Chris, is that there's not that many tickets left. Right. So people need to get a move on then. <laughs> it, it's been absolutely mental. It really has. Um, you know, a lot of tickets went went for you know, got got donated for several charities. So that's so that's nice as well. Brilliant. Um, There'll be a few on the door, I reckon. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know yet. I, I don't know the final figures yet. I'm not sure. We've actually um, extended Kaizen because we we sold out the first time, so I had to wow. I had more space. Um, it, it's a non-matted area, so it'll be perfect for karate guys in there. And it's it, it's that big, and it's a there's a nice like chill out area there as well, with a little stage, and you know people just want to relax and 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 have a chill out. It's perfect for them there. Um, yeah, the catering we've got the catering all sorted. So, even though there's a McDonald's and KFC across the road from the venue, you don't need to go there, people, because we've got fantastic um, caterers coming. Yeah, I saw lots of people making use of that last year, and and, uh, I I brought a packet with me, but I won't be this year. (laughs) You won't need to. (coughs) You won't. Obviously, yeah, yeah. You won't. You won't need to. Um, Yeah, I think I think it's about five seminar areas this time. Wow. Um, obviously, chill out areas. Um, a demonstration area. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm open to be a nice, a bit of nice, good vibe, just like last time. Brilliant. Like let's, uh, let's let's just see. Fantastic. So, yep. Anybody out there who's interested, get on Facebook. Uh, look up the uh, Kaizen Martial Arts Expo on there. Um, I'm sure many of you as well. If if you if you do struggle, if you pop onto our Facebook group and I'll pass the details on for you. Uh, in fact, what I'll do is I'll add the link in the show notes, um, and that way, if anybody wants to find out, they can just go straight onto the show notes um, and get direct to the right Facebook page. Thank you for your time, Luchi. It's been a pleasure to chat as always. No problem at all. And I'll see you on the 16th. 
Absolutely. No I'll I'll do my best not to injure myself between now and then. <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine. We've actually got a bigger area, a bigger area for you um, now, Chris. If I, if I remember, there was actually there was actually people hanging off the seminar area. <laughs> Pretty your, your seminar. <laughs> Where you do do your big jumping kicks. So, uh, yeah, I've taken that into consideration this time. Oh, well, very much appreciated. I will will do my best to uh, promote it extra for you. (laughs) Brilliant. All right, well, thanks very much for your time. And um, uh, anybody that is going to be there on the day, if you obviously come and find me, it'd be good to catch up as well. And I'll I'll speak to you on the day as well, sir. Talk to you soon. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Later. Bye-bye. Cool. Okay, so uh, big thanks to Lucci for, for coming on today to tell us a little bit about the Kaizen event. Um, I'm really looking forward to being there this year, as I've already mentioned. So um, hopefully you guys are going to be there too, um, joining in with all the variety, the massive variety of workshops that go on at the event. So yeah, get yourselves down. Um, so coming up next, we have um, Paul Greeny, who is part of the awesome group Fighting for Autism. Um, I'm sure some of you have seen my posts on Facebook before. Um, originally, I was going to chat a little bit about the group, so... But what I thought was it'd be better to get Paul on himself. Um, so here we go. Okay, so joining us on the line now, we have Paul Greeny, who is the Head of Operations for Fighting for Autism Europe. I got that right, didn't I? You did. Fantastic. Um, now, as many listeners probably already know, those of you that have seen or followed me on Facebook, um, Fighting for Autism is a group that I've been supporting now for, I think, I think about two years. That sounds right. It might be longer than two years. Time just seems to whiz by. Um, and, and I was going to actually talk about the group a little bit myself, but I figured rather than do that, get the main man on himself, yourself, <laughs> and um, let you tell our audience a little bit about what it is that the group do and some of the things that people are involved with. Right, where to start? Where <laughs> to start? It um, how, did you first, how did you first get involved with the group? What was it that prompted you to, um, to get involved? Well, what actually happened was around about seven or eight years ago, I um, just through social media, I got involved in um, a charity called I Help Out Worldwide, which was was founded by Wayne McCulloch, who's a former WBC world heavyweight cha- world uh, champion boxer, not heavyweight, sorry. But um, with regards to that, it, it was basically trying to um, build up links in both the boxing and martial arts communities to to help kids and, and adults who who might come from disadvantaged backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started to look into into like things a little bit further afield. My son is is on the autistic spectrum, okay. and um, I've come across fighting for autism on on Facebook. It must have been around about f- four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the chap who founded it is a guy called Christian Mitchell, who's over in Australia. Yeah. Christian also has a son on the autistic spectrum, so okay. I turned and said, "Well, look, can I help in any way?" And it's just kind of gone from there. So, like, I was over in Europe. You've got Christian over in in Australia, and then you've just you've had Brian, who's Brian Higginbotham, who's a, another dad with an autistic son, yeah. who's over in the USA, and all three of us are the head of operations. So, Brian looks after the USA. Christian looks after Australia, and I look after Europe. Yeah. So I kind of lucked out where it comes to the weather. They get the nice weather, I get the nasty weather. But there you go. Yeah. And I believe, I believe I first came across yourself in the group. I think it was at um, actually one of Tony's events. It was at one of the uh, Warriors Assemble events, I believe. Um, and yeah, I, I remember, I remember seeing this and thinking, this is this is great. This is perfect for for what I'm doing in my school um, to bring in and to, to help promote. Um, and I. Over the year, over the sort of last year or two, it's kind of exploded, hasn't it? The the amount of instructors that have got on board, it's been fantastic. 
uh, the most wonderful side of it is is with regards to it, it, particularly in Europe, uh, like with regards to the UK, Northern Ireland, and, and Ireland. They, they're like a, a lot of people have actually really, really, you know, really got into the idea that, that like, if you look into like with regards to the autistic spectrum, yeah. for, like cartas and forms, like a, like you're looking at traditional like martial arts, they go hand in hand because yeah. like the sequences never change. The names don't change. So if you're on the autistic spectrum, you're, you're quite used to routine and regime. These things go hand in hand. And I think the nicer side of things, with, where as far as martial arts and also the boxing communities who have, have actively got involved, is that they've really, really invested into it. Whereas we've gone through like members of parliament, we've gone through a lot of other sports, and they've really not been as quick off the mark as, as martial arts and, and the most amazing side of things is particularly with with regards to a lot of the clubs and the coaches the positive stories that you hear coming forward oh yeah well i've worked with with a child with autism or we've got a a senior who's, who's on the spectrum yeah. and those kinds of those kinds of things are those kinds of stories or the the inspiring inspiring events that actually go on they're the ones who actually get the kids to actually go and shine through the spectrum them, like themselves yeah um, absolutely. Not only that, it also encourages um it also encourages the parents to actively get their kids involved if you look through for argument's sake during like uh during the half terms which it, we're in we're in now where i live yeah, yeah, yeah. and especially during like the, the, the summer holidays when you turn around and you look at anything with regards to adaptive, so that's not just autism, that could be any kid with, with any kind of additional need yeah. or any kind of, the word disability is a little bit out of date because if you actually look at the, uh, you look at so many people who who have a difficulty but they work their way around it. Yeah. But when you actually look at clubs and, and things like geared towards them or where they're actively included, they're very few and far between. So, like, particularly with the autistic spectrum, we've looked like for my son for years and years and years, and there's not really a lot of things forthcoming. Like, and a lot of the things are there. Like, the the dates are are here, there, and everywhere. They're not normally in yeah. in the holiday periods. And not only that, it's the distance you need to travel to actually get to them. A lot of them aren't feasible. So, with with regards to a lot of the martial arts clubs, they've they've actually come forward and actually turned around and said, "Well, yeah, we can we can definitely do it." And that's kind of been, especially when you hear some some of the inspiring stories of some of the youngsters that are actually that are actively involved in in the clubs, and also when you hear like the coaches are so positive yes. about it, and that's that's been part and parcel of the, of the success is that with regards to the clubs, the clubs, the coaches, senseis, and the students, and even with regards to like we have fighter ambassadors, so these are like. Um, a lot of them are MMA fighters or they may be boxers who are, are high-level athletes. And, and they've actually started to back a, a lot of the kids and, and, and adults as well because yeah. autistic kids become autistic adults. Yep. So, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. And the amount of knowledge that a lot of the coaches and, 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 the, and, and the students actually have is although you're actually prompting here every now and again, the knowledge base is already there. It's just mm. you're actually, we are actually there as fighting for autism. It's just to give a little bit of reassurance. Now you're on the right track. Yep, absolutely. It's um, touching on a few of the things that you said there, especially. I mean, we've we've always my club in Nesbury, We've always tried to be as inclusive as possible. Um, but what what's been really nice about, especially with with uh, being involved with fighting for autism, is it's given us a means to um, promote it in a way. 
um, that people can see rather than it just being a Facebook post that says, you know, we we um, involve children with additional needs. I mean, there's nothing. But whether you've got a nice poster there and a name and a Facebook group that people can go to see, it just it just gives p- parents that sort of reassurance that it's not like, oh, it's just another person saying they do, but they don't really. Um, and we've seen, we've, we've actually now um, developed a reputation locally um, for the school to go to. And, and and in all honesty, it's not taken that much change in the school. It, all we've done with the instructors really is just encourage them to think about what they say before they say it. And it's as simple as that. You know, perhaps consider, you know, if you know there's a, a student in there that um, isn't so keen on louder noises, if you know that there's a student that really does work off of routine, just try your best. It's not, all, as you'll know, it's not always possible to... To, to provide a 100% um, service, shall we say. There are going to be moments, but we've also found as well that because our um, students are used to these kids being in class that need that little bit extra help and support, um, when something does go a little bit wrong, none of them bat an eyelid. None of them, they're just like, that's cool. And they just carry on, you know? I think more more so with, with with a lot of the younger kids, they're not, you know, with regards to anything when it comes to disability or or, or gender or, or anything like that. Mm. A lot of the bad habits that are actually inherited. They're taught over time, especially yes. like if you look at a lot of the young kids, <laughs> then they're really non-judgmental. Even more so when 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 you're actually on the spectrum yourself, it's like you, there, there's no hidden agenda. It's actually quite refreshing. It's either you are or you aren't. It's, it's either, yeah. it's very, very, there is no grey area there. And I think that, like, with regards to, to my son, it's one of, one of the, like, one of the positive sides that you actually do see. Is you kind of know exactly where you stand. I think with, with regards to a lot of the clubs, and like, we, we have been so fortunate with the amount of youngsters that we've actually seen come through, through like Europe particularly. Yeah. And I think we've, we've also, if you're looking at the clubs as well, is if you ha- if you are a parent who, who has a child on the spectrum, your child might go there and it might not be the, the right school for them. But if yeah. that child was still made to feel welcome yeah. in that club, you may well have one of the siblings that will actually go there and that the, the child on the autistic spectrum might sit at the side of, mat, of, of the mat and actually build up a bit of, yeah. a, 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 you know, a bit of confidence and eventually venture into it. And I think, and also with the parents, it goes a really, really big way. I've Like with myself, I've actually, um, with regards to, I, I spoke to um, a karate instructor uh, around about three years ago and the first impression lasts. I actually went into quite a well-known um, Jim, I started to speak about it, and immediately the second I, I mentioned the word autism, he switched off. He said, "I'm not interested," and I went, wow. "Okay, just out of interest, where where is where is your club based?" And when he turned around and said it, I turned and said, "It's not a problem." I go, "But I know a club just a little bit, not in the same village where you are, but a couple of villages down, and I know full well that that club there actually does run an autism-friendly class." Mm. And the second I said that. The like the, the eyes lit up, and all of a sudden, this person become interested. Right, and you're thinking, no, you're you're not in it for the right reasons. And yeah. that was the only one I've had one negative yeah. response out of all all the coaches that I spoke to. The blind share, if not all, yeah, 
have been really, really positive. How do we get involved? Yeah. How do we get the kids involved? People like you know, majority of the junior ambassadors we've got in Europe, and I know in the UK in particularly, the majority of them are actually on the spectrum themselves, and yeah. the, and the ones who aren't on the spectrum themselves have a loved one or a friend who is on the spectrum. So there, there is actually an active. There's, there's there's something that's actually there for them to actually get involved in and really to prove the point and push for awareness like Absolutely. on like from the mats onwards, you know. And it it has been, especially within the last two years, particularly with Tony Pillage's um, mm. like with the Warriors Assemble Awards and the Fighting Spirit Awards, you actually do get to see, in my view, the real message of martial yeah. arts, which is that we are all one. And everybody's included, and if you know, it's it's a breath of fresh air because it's the first event event that I've ever been to where overcoming adversity is actually celebrated. Mm. You know, I've, I've I've been to quite a few like like functions and, and events before, and I've I've not seen such like a, like where like the red carpet has been laid out, and yeah. and you know, and rightly so. You know, I think. You've sat there as well as I have one of the events, and you know when you see a lot of these, a lot of these kids come forward and actually tell their story. Yeah, you know a lot of them. I, it, it makes no difference whether whether you're the, like the, the smallest person or the biggest person in the room. If you don't have tears rolled down your rolling down your face, <laughs> or your hands are are aching from where you're clapping so much, then you know you need to really check and see if there's a pulse there. Yeah, you know and it's, it is. Yeah, and it is, and I think. Those are the kind of things that you know they're gold dust. They're the kind of things that yeah. like those are the ones that are really going to push the next generation. Not just martial artists, but you're also looking at instructors yeah. uh, and clubs, and you know with regards to pretty much everybody. Where everybody's welcome, irrelevant of what your difference may be. Absolutely, and I think that's my side. Yeah, I think I think what it is for a lot of instructors, if they're honest, um, is it's fear. It's fear of the unknown. And unfortunately, at times, the press and the media don't don't help because they, they, you know, with all things, they have a habit of sort of exaggerating things a little bit. Um, and the thing with it is, is um, like I said earlier, there are going to be some days where um, things don't go to plan. But for me, the most rewarding thing is um, seeing the kids, they go through that rough patch and then they they have that sort of moment of feeling feeling part of a group when the other kids are supporting them when the instructors are supporting them but something that I think some coaches don't fully understand is it's the parents sat out in the waiting room because they've they've had this experience every day of worrying if something's going to happen and when they get that first moment of seeing their child being supported and an instructor and other and the other students being understanding and being told no no it's okay don't worry it's fine it's okay it's for them we've that's one of the things that we've been told by my parents is you know they they actually uh, look forward to coming to class with their child because they know that everybody's accepting that it's oh, that it's okay um and I, so i i encourage all instructors out there if they're if you're a little bit unsure if you're a little bit if even if you're a little bit scared um get in touch with the group you've got a facebook group obviously there's the website and go and fill your brain with knowledge and uh, and get involved the nice the nice side of things is with regards to the knowledge base and i think with with especially particularly from a gentleman's perspective mm-hmm. because with 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 regards to, to the young ladies they are very very in sync and actually talk whereas 
the guys are not necessarily as forthcoming about talking about it. And I think with regards to the Facebook groups, with regards to the social media, they it, it makes it a lot easier to access the information. Not only that, is have someone to speak to. And I've been quite fortunate in, in a way because I've actually got to speak to quite a few people over the years, especially particularly like the guys as well, and actually get them to share their stories. Mm. And it's, it, like I said, it, you've got so many people who are involved in martial arts and in the boxing communities as well yeah. who know somebody's on the autistic spectrum. They may well have... May well have someone in their family who's on the spectrum themselves yeah. and it's a sense of belonging it's like well hang on a minute it's not really if you were to go into a pub it's like not n- normally the topic of conversation yeah. whereas social media you can you can pick it up and put it down whenever you want and look that the the amount of people have actually come forward and actually discussed it how do i get involved you know with regards to we've, we've got like with regards to the fighter ambassadors mm. and with the juniors and also with the coaches we've got voices for the voiceless which you know if the parents want to get involved into it because everybody has a, pl- a, a part to play yeah and like you've turned around and said it is a sense of belonging yeah and i think with a lot of parents who who, who have any kid with any additional need absolutely it's that is one of the biggest hurdles because one of the things that you're worried about is is someone going to be is someone going to love my child as much mm. or someone going to give them as much attention or is someone going to look after them as well as I can and like literally when when particularly when you go into a martial arts club you think oh they're going to get thrown here there and everywhere they're going to get and it's not necessarily that yeah. it's with regards to we've like um one of the first clubs we actually worked with was was Immortal 365, and I know Pete Holmes, Steve Lloyd, Carl Butcher, <laughs> uh, Dan Lister, and everybody there is absolutely wonderful. And we actually took one of the junior ambassadors there. Her brother is actually on the spectrum. Yeah. And there was a young lad who was going up for, for, for one of his belts in Taekwondo, I believe. And she became a study buddy. And, and what it was is she actually, all she did was just give, go over, reassure this, this young lad that he, yeah, okay, what you're doing is okay took out a little bit of time so it didn't detract the rest of the class so he was like and we were, uh, again we had um um one of the bellator he was um light heavyweight champion liam mcgeary came over and liam actually gave us well, I, I think an afternoon of his time and he actually came down and he actually watched these two kids perform a carter and, and go through the forms and he actually was given a little bit of praise and recognition. He, there was an MMA class on at the same time, so he was asked to sign like gloves and, and T-shirts and whatnot. But by that person actually going in there yeah. and actually giving these kids just a, just a, like a, literally just a nudge to turn around and say, yeah, you're on to a winner there, mm-hmm. and, and give them just that little bit of confidence. And yeah. from there, that's where you you actually see or you, you actually get to see where everything clicks in and it steps up a gear. Yeah, it's so and I think true. I, yeah, and I, I know that over in the states, um, Brian, who's my, my counterpart over there, he's actively worked with with regards to um, with with the adaptive community to actually be able to allow them to compete. And it wasn't so much where, like, particularly in mixed martial arts, where you know where you, a lot of people look at the UFC or Bellator, and then when you look at somebody who who has an additional need, and you think, well, no, they shouldn't be competing. Yeah. If it's tailored so their safety and their integrity yep. is paramount at all times yeah why not but you have to look at you have to look at, at the way that it's actually done we had a, a young lad called garrett holev who's over there and i've known garrett and his dad mitch for around about seven or eight years and they are really really wonderful people and one of the things with garrett was he was always had the door closing and where it comes to competing 
Brian, who, who actually worked very, very closely with the um, with the sanctioning committee over in Missouri State over in the US, and they they worked together and they actually put together an event where he could compete. And basically, it was where the rules and everything were adapted. The referee and everything was actually was actually informed of what was going on. And you had two lads who who were allowed to compete. Garrett has Down syndrome. You had the other lad, who David Stefan is a Paralympian with cerebral palsy. They were never put at risk, but they got allowed to compete and actually show the world what they can do. Yeah. Garrett on the first event actually won, and from <laughs> what he's done told me, he actually got his own like special belt, a fighting for autism belt. Amazing. And it took him days to take it off. That's <laughs> what it's about. Absolutely. Garrett's actually gone from strength to strength. Garrett has, has gone not just from the MMA side. And this guy trains. He's been in. He's actually been over to the over to the UK. I believe he was in uh, the advert for the for the last Paralympics. Where he's oh, wow. the, the MMA fighter. He comes forward, and his dad is a wonderful, wonderful man. And the way that Garrett learns. Or the guy that Garrett was actually going, he went to um, an MMA club in in central London, and he was actually watching over. His dad recorded what he'd actually done on the phone. It was done with instead of him learning five different moves or maneuvers, he only learned three. But they recorded it, and he went over it, and over it, over again and again and again on his tablet. And I'm thinking this is exactly the same way that my son learns. Right. It's like repetition, and you, you can actually see him going through the motions. Garrett's gone on to actually work with uh, with the fitness community over in the US uh, with adaptive fitness, Brilliant. like CrossFit and things like that. And it's also the most wonderful side of it is he's actually coaching other youngsters with Downs oh, and yeah. additional needs now. Perfect. He's, he's just a wonderful – and it's, he's one of the shining beacons. And if if – you when you see things like that you can't help but want to get involved and yep. i think that's why right. everybody who's involved with fighting for autism has become so passionate about it because you're thinking this is just amazing to watch well i think everybody listening will be in agreement with me that they we can all hear the passion in your voice about this one um, and i just wanted to say thank you for your time uh, for coming on um, and sharing this with with our audience um, and hopefully Hopefully it'll prompt some people to, even if they just go and take a little bit more of a look into it on the, on the internet, um, that's a positive first step. So what I will do um, is I will include all the relevant links in the show notes. Um, so if it's people listening in, if you take a look there, um, I'll put some, some uh, direct links in there so you can go and have a good read through. Um, but yeah, thank you again for your time, sir. And um, yes, I'm sure everybody's thank really, you. really enjoyed listening to that. Thank you. Thanks ever so much for having me, Chris. Thank you ever so much. No take problem. care now. So thanks to Paul for his time today coming on to talk about Fighting for Autism. Uh, a fantastic group and um, if you're a the school owner out there or indeed a parent or somebody wanting to learn a little bit more about the group, I do encourage you to go out and check out what it is that they're doing because it's, it's fantastic work. Um, so next we have uh, Jamie Club who is coming on today to talk about uh, a new book that he's got re- uh, releasing soon. Um, a bit of a challenging one, one to get everybody thinking. Um, so without any further ado, I'll uh, hand it over to Jamie. Okay, so joining us on the line now, we have Jamie Club, who is here today to talk to us, I believe, about a new book that you've got released. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Um, Wrong Foo is uh, now available. It's uh, it's an ebook, and it's a prequel to a series of uh, ebooks that will be made up into um, one large omnibus edition, I think, um, in, in the future, um, looking at critical thinking in the martial arts. Wow. Okay, good, a good, good challenging topic then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> there's, no, there's no doubt about that. 
Um, I came into it um, in about 2005, which is when I first started um, writing quite critically about about martial arts, and it was because I was very much within the uh, uh, what I'd call the uh, self protection circles, or maybe even the reality based self defense circles. Okay. And uh, yeah, there were some great people there. Um, but uh, and I always thought that that was the you know that was going to be the place where all the all the reality was where we were going to get all the proper skepticism, the proper critical thinking, all the um, and essentially I thought you know they were for want of a better word the good guys. I and mean, I don't mean to say um, as in no one else was good, but they were the most switched on in with reality world. But I quickly discovered. Um, although there were some fantastic people there, and they certainly were um, some really, really good guys, and they're a bit influential to me to this day, um, that there was that the uh, want of a better word again, tribe of reality-based self-defense was just as deluded as, as any other tribe in, in the martial arts uh, subculture. And they suffered from the same problems that, uh, that the other tribes were, and so I started to look at the, the whole martial arts uh, subculture. Um, as an entirety, and uh, and I saw the similar patterns being repeated, but just in different forms in in different groups. Wow, good. Mm. So some yes, in depth research done there. Then that's great. Um, so uh, I I was just I, I was having a quick read up on your website actually before um, before I came on. I know I know I said I was going to go it's completely blind, but I wanted to have a li- little bit of information to, to hand before coming on. Um, and it was it's really good. Uh, I, I love to see this sort of thing, um, challenging ideas. And, and 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 even for those people out there that well you know what martial arts is like some people can yeah. be very very set in their well a lot of people can be very set in their ways but i love content like this myself because um even if you are of a firm belief you're sitting on one side of the fence or the other quite clearly challenging those ideas and even taking the time to understand why other people think a certain way is always a good thing i found definitely. anyway definitely um, so uh, as well, um, for those people um, out there listening to this now um, that perhaps don't know an awful lot about you just yet, um, I've, I, obviously I do because I've, I've met you before, been at events with you and um, I've known you for, God, I don't know how many years now, it's probably longer than I'd care to think. Um, <laughs> uh, but just, I wondered if you could just touch a little bit on your background, your history and training, because I know it's quite extensive. Yeah, it, well, it's quite it's quite varied, is what I'd say. Yeah. Um, I uh, I mean, I, I grew up on a I grew up on a traveling circus, and I will say that definitely has an influence over the way that I uh, teach and um, and train as well, because mm-hmm. I've always had that kind of traveling mentality, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I was based um, and still am now um, in, in the Cotswolds, which is quite an, an, a place that's alienated from the martial arts world. You don't there's not. Um, many good martial arts schools around around this area and certainly they're always the last to know about it shall we say it's right in the middle of the countryside um but of course i was with the circus contact as well so i, I traveled all over the country too but what it meant was that um there was no real real good uh, regular close schools to me so i did do a lot of traveling as soon as i got my driving license was old enough to get my driving license i i started traveling all over the country obviously prior to that i just trained in whatever i could i could go to and i started off in a style called uh, cicado um which right. uh, i think is virtually extinct now mm. um yeah, yeah. I, there is, there is, a, there is a school of cicado, but um, but I was informed um, <laughs> that it, it's not the same as what I, as what I trained in back there. But they did. Um, there was like a branch off from the UKTA, the old United Kingdom Taekwondo Association. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was a bit of a merger of kickboxing and uh, and, uh, and taekwondo under uh, Peter Baines. Okay. Um, and it was in Combat Magazine. That's how I found out about it. He was a martial arts fan long before I was a martial arts student. And when I mean a fan, I don't mean just getting into the movies. Mm. I um, 
I, you know, I, I started off, I think, with uh, at the tail end of the whole ninja boom thing, um, and uh, you know, I, was, I loved um, the idea of ninjutsu and all that sort of thing. And then I got into, um, and, and, and that's what I wanted to do to begin with, because it was, there was no ninjutsu schools, uh, uh, but where I was based at all. And but I still end up making you know, long track journeys to Nottingham and things like that, yeah. uh, which was a long way for me at that age, about thirteen years old. Then wow. couldn't couldn't do, couldn't do it on a regular basis. Um, so I settled for what was the nearest school, and of course, the Cicada immediately appealed to my um, the fact that it was different. I think that's probably the thing that appealed to me then. It was a regular school, and it was in Shipston, which is about 10 15 minutes down the road from me. So I stayed with that until I got to first degree black belt, but I actually got my first degree black belt two weeks after my local school closed down. <laughs> so so that was it, and I had nowhere else to go. So I went, so I then moved into Taekwondo, um, and that's really probably when I first started to observe although i got some good things out of my time with the tagb um i also saw um uh, a lot of the problems that i've encountered in, in uh, that i write about in my wrong food book um not only just the, the appeals to tradition but um a lot of the commercialization how it's how it affects sometimes the way that that classes are run and taught and um and and just um you know uh, a lot of different things that i would see later on hmm. uh then i then i moved on into kickboxing um and uh, ended up teaching that for about four and a half years um under the same guy who funnily enough um was one of uh, scott uh, do you know of a uh, movie star called uh, scott adkins uh, uh, who doesn't <laughs> yeah okay well i knew scott before he was famous yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool now scott auditioned um for a martial arts act that i was that i was going to be um putting on it was an act that became part of a pro wrestling um wow. show and my my teacher at the time rather unscrupulous individual but uh, he's, he's provided me with a huge <laughs> amount of influence. yes absolutely i was a, i learned the real dark side of martial arts when i was doing kickboxing there's no doubt about it <laughs> that's a story in its own right yeah. and i think that probably it must have started sowing the seeds of uh, a skepticism in my mind in some shape or form, even though i didn't know it was doing that if you know what i mean oh, i started no. to see i get you i start I started seeing the whole sort of thing where, you know, it's all about getting the memberships. It's all about selling the kit. It's all about, uh, you know, all, all that kind of thing and less about uh, providing a good service and, you know, less about the passion of the martial arts. In, having said that, you know, yeah, it was full contact. You know, I got proper exposure to court, full contact. I experienced my first leg kicks in <laughs> when, when I was training there. Cause it was the kind of Euro, it was European kickboxing, so they allowed low kicks and a bit of, and a bit of Muay Thai as well, uh, which I loved, which was in part of the training. But most of it, again, was just exposing me to the sort of the corruption in the martial arts world. Anyway, I auditioned. Um, I, I, I was auditioning people to do a martial arts performance because again because my circus background that's what i wanted to do i i, I wanted to do a, a martial arts act um like a sort of a cabaret act or a circus act mm. or um performance art or something like that it was quite it was quite an unusual um concept that i had for it but and um one of the people audition was scott adkins and rather than ending up being in my act of course he was swiped straight away by my my teacher at the time who thought great gonna get, get gonna um, i want to get involved in movies he's already started doing some stuff with movies and uh yeah and so they were involved around about then it was the t same time um he, he also had in his books he um a thing called uh, um it was a sorry not a thing so a company ended up calling uh Zeon enterprises and my my future brother-in-law was actually his partner in that and okay. uh yeah Long story, um, but uh, but essentially, yeah, yeah, I met Scott in, in his early days back in the two thousands, and and um, I met him again in when it was premiere of Undisputed Three, and he was just the same guy. That was what's wonderful about him, you yeah. know. We, we, yeah, yeah, obviously background, wonderful, you know. 
down to earth bloke. If anyone's ever met Scott, he's he, um, you know you don't you, you don't get a kind of like um, you know sort of like uh, you know such a sort of salt of the earth individual in terms of how it's un- he's so unaffected by, by by the work that he does. So yeah, um, so th- that was you know that that was part of my um, my bringing up in the martial arts world. Um, after that. Um, after kickboxing, I, I did a bit of cross training because I was teaching all over the country. You know, 19 years old, I was um, I was I was driving over to Brighton from 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 the Cotswolds. I taught at up at Chesterfield. I taught I taught in Luton. I had a regular class in Luton for about four years. Um, so I was driving all over the country. Um, again, again, a lot of experience in 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 terms of um, you know what it's like you know running clubs so to speak and also what was going on there but of course when there were martial arts classes nearby i i, I would you know make the time up and, and go and train there so i did a bit of training with peter lewis in uh screamer over in worcester right. um for, for, for a short period uh and um and then i got involved with wushu over in bristol um under neil genge um for on and off for about five years and that exposed me to traditional chinese martial arts and modern chinese martial arts as well uh, again that was all orientated towards my performance stuff but then somewhere in the back of my head i thought well um you know part of the reason why i got into martial arts was because i wanted you know something that was an effective form of, of fighting effective form of, of self-protection so um Back, uh, I was always a big fan of Jeff Thompson's work, um, and uh, I always knew that a lot of the stuff that he was saying was was very evident, you know, um, very evidently true about the martial arts world. And um, after about eleven years of, of just, you know, being aware of Jeff's stuff and writing to Jeff as well, and that, I finally, uh, you know, summed up the courage. And when I moved to uh, Kenilworth near Coventry with my partner. Um, I, I jumped on the opportunity to try and get, train with some of his guys. And Jeff wasn't teaching at the time. He put me in contact with Matty Evans. I did a load of private lessons with Matty Evans. Um, got to meet Jeff. Um, Jeff ended up inviting me to a little private training group. He used to do at six o'clock in the morning later on. And he also, and yeah, exactly, bless him. And uh, a, a fabulous support for me. I mean, he, he got me into Martial Arts Illustrated for about six years, um, which then exposed me to all these different other martial artists. And uh, and what, what I did then is I just said that anytime I wanted to interview somebody or someone wanted me to, to, to interview them, and provided I, I liked what they did, I'd say, okay, I'll interview you, but uh, I'll have to train with you as well to get the right experience. So yeah. I got to just so I got to cross train, got to write, expand with my writing, you know, got to write rather than the normal you know the normal martial arts interview that ends with, you know, what colour should what's your, what's your favourite car and what colour what's your favourite colour? <laughs> and I wanted I never wanted that kind of one. So I wanted to get the experience to train with them and, and write the article. And that's what uh, and that's what exposed me to so many different uh, martial artists. There's a documentary in two thousand and five, two thousand and six called Cross Training the Martial Arts, where I had an idea to bring all these different teachers I'd interviewed together and uh, look at cross training. Um, and again, that was very much in line with my philosophy in teaching martial arts cross training. Um, I trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from 2004 to, um, well, really to 2011 on that, but obviously I still, I still training it um, on and off now, and I, and I teach it as part of, um, not, not specifically for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but I teach submission grappling as part of my um, uh, um, criterion services that I offer. I um, did Muay Thai um, intensively under Tony Hayes, um, RIP, um, back in um, again for, for 2004 to um, 2000 and uh, to, I think to, no, sorry 2003 to, to about uh, 2005. Um, again, uh, great experience there. Um, and uh, and again again then, then there's all the other people who I you know I trust cross trained and worked with. Sure. And of course, one of the 
best coaches I worked with was uh, was Mo Teague, who I, who mm. I you know, found out through Jeff as well. Uh, and also, again, he also pushed me a lot in the critical thinking way um, that I look at in martial arts. So that's a very rough overview of the sort mm. of uh, martial arts background. But uh, yeah, it's quite varied. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the reason I asked was um, obviously uh, I did know to a certain extent your history, and which is why it's. Uh, it's good for people to understand that before they go into reading or looking into reading the book because it, it's um, it, it gives it gives people a, a better understanding of where you're coming from. Um, you know, it's not just ideas you've just pulled out of the air. This is from experience. No. Um, yeah. So yeah, excellent. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. As I said, it was just it, more, it ended up becoming an observation of the subculture. So, and I, I try not to think. I mean, I mean, the book is um, there's plenty of works out there of martial artists saying, "Well, this is what everyone else is doing wrong," and uh, and. Uh, uh, the work looks introspectively as well. You know, these are still this very the last essay in the whole in the first book, and it's against the prequel to a series that's uh, uh, which is going to be um, multi volume series. It's called Bullshit Zoo and the Fight to Make Martial Arts Work. <laughs> but the wrong food, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, which is uh, half the reason that was because it's a mar- you know mildly offensive and it's going to and uh, you know, it's going to make people chuckle. I think when they see it, so hopefully they'll that they'll want to read inside it. But uh, it's more of a look to say, look, you know, there's something there is something fundamentally wrong in some of the stuff that we're that we're doing that we might not even be aware of. Um, and yes, we can change that. And uh, and no, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I'm still making these mistakes now. Um, whether you know, just because human beings, as human beings, we're we're all irrational, um, and we're naturally irrational. Um, so we do make mistakes, and uh, but again, a lot of times to be able to say, to admit to it, and say, um, uh, you know, that, that was an error, and uh, you know, this is the truth of the matter, and um, or, or this is what the evidence supports, uh, um, and uh, and, to, and to move forward. And I think, um, you know, say more critical thinking in martial arts would definitely uh, be a step, be a step forward. Um, but uh, what I think, our probably our biggest problem again is this sort of tribalism, you know, that that, that goes on, uh, which again is very, very natural, but the. I don't know if you noticed it in, in events, you know, like events that you and I have attended, mm. um, where, where you'll see a, a group turn up, um, a school turn up, and you think they turn up there, and there are loads of martial arts available for you to train in, free of charge, right? Yeah. Often, so you often like about that's a normal standard thing. There's like a, there's hour-long workshops, and there's systems from all over the place, and people travelling from all over the world to teach them. And, you know, the uh, the opportunity for just the price of a ticket is 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 fabulous you know you could they could expose themselves but how many of them actually go across and training in all those different workshops yeah yeah they just don't do it what they'd rather do is stand on their stand and uh with with, with the people they know go to their tribe and criticize everybody else yeah. <laughs> that's often the thing yeah. and uh yeah exactly and um or also i noticed that when i when i when i was on stands and i had like when i was um Selling the, uh, the, the the cross training martial arts DVD uh, back at Seni, um, and I used to notice that people would come and talk to me, and they talked to me for ages about their theory on martial arts, and I would be sat there and I'd go, okay, so why are you here? You know, you've come on my stand to come and get something. And it, it was interesting, like for the first five minutes or so, but it'd be mainly about why you know why they think Bruce Lee is brilliant, or why they thought this sort of thing like that. And I'm going, there's places for you to train all around here, and there's things for you to get, and there's stuff like that, but you'd rather just stand here and just tell me about it. And I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Rick Young once said at a, at a, at a seminar. I mean, not that I'm a regular student, Rick Young. But Rick was one of the people featured in the documentary, and it always stuck with me. I went to a seminar of his where he said, um, "You know, people come and at the time, um, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but at the time he was charging 100 pounds an hour private tuition in Edinburgh. So someone would travel all over there to train with him because obviously he got his instructorship under Dan in Santo, a huge amount of experience. So the first half an hour, I've got somebody there telling me about what they've done." 
<laughs> oh, that they're paying for that. And this is again, this is often the issue, you know. You know, it's the uh, it's the willingness just to go there and just to have a look at it all and that. So mm. yeah, um, and and it's, again, and I kind of feel like that sometimes is tribalism. You know, people are just you know they, they they want that side, you know, identification. You know, they want that, um, uh, you know, rather than to say, well, you know, I'll go in there, it's completely empty, experience it. And then go back and maybe critically get look at it, but you know, you know, by all means, we need to have that critical thinking engaged. But at the same time, in order to have that critical thinking engaged, you have to have an open mind, which seems like a contradiction to most people. But I think it actually is the most open-minded way, because um, you can't critically analyze something properly if you don't if you don't have a, a appreciation or understanding. Mm. Of it. So, um, for <laughs> listeners out there, um, where is the best place for them to go to find out more about yourself and um, your upcoming publications, and and indeed previous ones too? All right, lovely. Um, well, probably the first point of call would be my website, um, which is uh, clubchimera.com. So it uh, doesn't sound, it's, uh, of the Western, uh, the English tongue, shall we say, it's not phonetically very good. Okay, club, which is my name, which is C L U double B, a chimera, uh, which is spelt using the, uh, the Greek way, because it's a Greek word, uh, which is C H I M E R A. So that's club with two Bs, chimera with a C H dot com. So clubchimera.com. And really, that's probably the, the best main source. And then the links there will go to my Brilliant. publisher and where to get the books. Yeah. Well, what I will sure. do for anybody out there that's struggling with that one um, is I will like, include the, the links in the show notes, um, so you'll be able to go there and then obviously get straight through and um, get in touch with Jamie and have a, have a look around the website and um, and hopefully do some some good reading. Well, thank, thank you very, you very much. much. Dale, thanks for your time. It's been great to chat, and um, I wish you all the best with with the release and, and everything. And um, I'll perhaps go. That, I don't know. I won't. Perhaps I will. I'm going to go and check it out myself, actually. Um, so, again, thanks for your time, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks a lot, Chris, um, and thanks for all the great work you're doing with the new podcast. Oh, th- excellent stuff! Well, thanks for the feedback. Cheers. So a big thank you to Jamie for his time today coming on to talk about his new book. Um, sounds like an interesting one. Uh, one for everybody, as I say. Um, Get out there, challenge your challenge your thinking. Uh, it's really, really important in in what we do. Um, it's very, very easy for us to to get stuck in one way of thinking and and, and not to not to push our our own boundaries we place on ourselves. So yeah, um, regardless of which side of your fence you're sitting on, it's um, it's probably going to be a good one for us all just to take in and have a good think on things. So. Head over to his website, as I say, the, the details will be in the show notes. I've not read it myself yet, but I am going to go over there and check it out. Um, so, yeah, thanks again to Jamie. And uh, now we're going to go on to our final interview of the day um, with the fabulous Anthony Pillage. Okay, so uh, joining me on the line now, we have uh, the legend, uh, the martial arts royalty and radio royalty himself, Mr. <laughs> Anthony Pillage. How are you doing, good sir? morning, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. All, all of the above. That's the thing. Just in case, well, you don't know when people are going to listen, do you? Absolutely. So it's good to be inclusive. <laughs> so, um, just so everybody understands out there that's listening in, um, usually what I do with podcast guests is I will have a obviously in the case of Tony, I already know him, but if I don't know them, I'll do a little bit of research and I'll have some mm-hmm. questions prepped. Today, though, we're just we're just going in as is. We've not I've not got anything prepped, so um, we're just going to chat. Oh, I like that. Like it was your suggestion, to be fair. So I, I know, I'm, I'm, well, just, I, I'm just going to run with it, see what happens. You're just a wonderful facilitator. <laughs> I've been how, how, are going, Chris? How, how are the podcasts going? Um, really well, actually. Um, really? I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was. It's something that I'd wanted to, to kind of do for a while, and mm. um, I suppose I was getting in my own way. I was creating excuses as to why not to do it. Of course. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So. Mm. 
I started doing it, got some nice feedback, um, and then I've just kept going with it. And we've just actually okay. yesterday got a sort of like a semi semi permanent home now. Uh, I've committed some funds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we very nicely had some people offer to chip in and help out a little bit as well, so that's great. Oh, brilliant. So, um, yeah, we'll see. See what <laughs> see if I'm still doing it in six months' time or it's driven me mad. But, well, I'll tell uh, you what, 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 the reason I was saying that was, um, if you look at Mick Tully, who was yes. strangely me and Russ ran into today, um, and Ant McGinley, yep. they, they set up um, Tully's podcast about, I don't know, 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um and and they've it, it's sort of done pretty well for them, but I'm sure if you were to contact them with any sort of advice, they're they're, they're two good mates of mine. Yeah, um, I'm sure they would help you because they, they they got it up into some quite high numbers on the um, Apple iTunes uh, yeah. podcasts. Actually, so, um, Mick was actually the first person I contacted when I decided, oh okay brilliant yeah when I when when I decided to do this because I've actually well I've known Mick for a while and. Out of respect for what he does, uh, as well as um, knowing that he's a great person, um, I contacted him first just to say, look, this is what I'm, I'm thinking about doing. I wanted mm-hmm. to let you know first. Um, and very gracefully, he, he, he you know, gave me loads of advice, put me on to different people. Um, and, I would, and anybody that's listening now that's not checked out Mick's podcast, I, I highly suggest you do. Um, it's great, great content. Uh, Mick's mm-hmm. a great guy as well. And uh, anybody that knows Mick, well, they'd... They know what he's like, so yeah, it's uh, yes. really great. Content. Leave it at that, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> his acceptance speech at the last awards. <laughs> yes, yes, he um, he does like a bit of the Tully Road Show, to be fair. But uh, <laughs> he, he um, he, he's a good guy. You know, he um, when I was very poorly, he dropped me around a Vionetta one night because I I, I I wanted a Vionetta. Is anything I fancied eating? And he dropped one around. So friendship like that, mate, you don't you don't ever knock. <laughs> No, 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 not at all. Not at all. So um, I think normally at this point I would say, um, okay, so for those people that don't know um, whoever the guest is, tell us a little bit about yourself. But I don't think there's anybody really out there in the martial arts community that doesn't know who you are for one reason or another. Um, <laughs> but let's say, let's say there is somebody that doesn't know Tony Pillage. Okay. How, how would you describe yourself? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. I came into martial arts very late. Um, I was very fortunate to find the path. Um, by, it was by fluke, to be, to be honest. Um, I wasn't particularly talented. Um, I, I enjoyed doing the training, but th- that came about after I had a deep vein thrombosis. And I decided to change my life. And then um, I sort of just fell into it, and the rest is history. So obviously a lot of people know me through doing the pressure point stuff, which... Um, you know, we sort of opened up some doors and, and took away some of the BS from it, I think. Um, and it, you know, I look back, you know, obviously I don't do too much now because of uh, the cancer, but mm. on the other side of the fence, I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, I, I, it was actually someone who was having a bit of a pop of me, to be honest, on Facebook. And um, so I, I basically listed out all the um, achievements, the uh, Dan Grade, where they came from, um, headlining shows, being on boarding, hoardings around... Uh, London, uh, being on the front cover of magazines, da 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 da, da et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and it, it actually was quite interesting because I look back and I think, well, in a, what is basically 16 years, we've achieved an incredible amount. And um, uh, when uh, Russ were talking earlier about when, when you leave the world, you want to leave it in a slightly better place than when you found it. And I think, you know, certainly I look at the the students that we've had through the doors, how we've changed people's lives. That's a wonderful thing. But 
if I went and did a, a show, say like Seni or T Max or Kazen, I may well in the past have had, I don't know, maybe over a weekend, 50, 60 people say, I oh, would have an autograph or a photograph, which is which is really lovely. And he's doing, why the hell does anyone want my autograph? But, you know, they do. And um, since the cancer, I might get 200 people coming up. Mm-hmm. 200 people and saying, you know, my, my wife's got cancer. Uh, my mum's had cancer. My sister's got cancer. I've got cancer. But we've, through um, my, my sort of uh, way I've dealt with it, it's given people a lot of inspiration and hope. And, you know, that, that to me is the legacy we've left. Yeah. That, you know, if, if we can change one people's life, um, especially where, where this horrible disease is concerned, then we, we've left, we've led a life which is worth living, in my opinion. So, yeah, so martial artist, cancer, ruggedly handsome, uh, do a, a radio show on Hills FM, author, um, and just a damn nice bloke. Oh, and crocodile wrestling, of course. Crocodile wrestling. Yeah. Oh. I saw on a business card once that someone gave me, and I thought, <laughs> that's just the coolest thing ever. So I've had that on the business cards. Damsels rescued, crocodiles wrestled. And uh, was it um, uh, wrestled? <laughs> for, any, for any of the doubters out there, especially whoever this person was that was questioning you on Facebook, um, I, I, I've let Tony poke me before, and it hurt. Oh, so. yes, well... That's another story. And what we did that day is a, is a, is a story we should just keep to it ourselves. It stay between us forevermore, absolutely. I think it should. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I'd, I'd love to touch a little bit on um, the awards that you run mm-hmm. um, because I've been to both the, the, the two different awards. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, myself, and I know other people have said the same thing, what, sort of, what a positive influence it's had on us. I was actually talking mm-hmm. to Paul yesterday from Fighting for Autism, who I met through your event, who yes. I now work with regularly now to support mm-hmm. his group fighting for autism um yeah. but yeah I just lovely man to... absolutely lovely lovely man he is he is uh, I, I just wondered if you could share a little bit about the events and what inspired yeah, you to to bring them about um i i have been to many um award ceremonies over the years um the most recent before ours were probably the mai ones which i think pretty much everybody and their cats have been to at some stage um I went to the last one, and it was strangely the day after I'd had a stroke. Wow. I, and um, I was there on a walking stick. I didn't realize I had a stroke. Um, and um, I then realized, that because obviously the cancer, I've only got one lung, everything that's gone on, um, I am disabled now. And I've got no problem with that at all. But I was thinking with all these dinners, there is a huge, um, a huge uh, community of disabled martial artists out there. And you know, for what would be easy for us, they are you know, they're doing this week in, week out um, to the best of their ability. And I've realized there's some wonderful people out there. I mean, there's a, a, um, just this plethora of really good people. But they don't get recognized. And I thought, wouldn't it be lovely to have a dinner that actually celebrated? And we don't call it disabled. We call it enabled martial artists. Mm. So it started off um, uh, three years ago. Um, the first one was extraordinary, um, and we got so much positive feedback from it. It was it was ridiculous, and I think the thing is, Chris, people would look at that and they would come along. And I'll give you a perfect example. A friend of mine, Al, has been in a wheelchair for years, and he's a sixth dan in Chinese martial arts. I can't remember which style. And he he, he was wheeled out. He got his award, and he started crying. And he turned around and he said, "Look." All my life, no one's ever wanted to listen to my story. 
They just see an old man in a wheelchair. Whereas tonight, people want to listen. And the stories and the bravery and the courage of these people yeah. has been unbelievable. And it's the most motivating night of, of, of the year for me. Mm. Um, and through it, I met some incredible people. Now, yeah. I spoke to uh, Bob and Paul um, of MAI's fame uh, a while ago. And I said, you know, with the, with the awards dinners, I mean, they're all well and good. But the reality is the awards do not mean anything. I said, have you thought about actually putting it out to the public and having – um, different categories. So if someone wins, say, the best DVD of the year or the best seminar of the year or what have you, um, it's it's amazing um, because it's the general public who have actually um, done this. Um, and, and that award then can help people. You know, so you know, say, say you won the best online platform, you, know, you can put that on your on your website, on, on your literature, and it gives people, you know, a, a really good feel of what you guys are doing. And... So we decided, right, we're going to actually run an award ceremony based around that and um, make it that level of integrity. Well, the first one was just extraordinary. Uh, and people just really appreciated what what they'd won. And, and it was the public. Um, and although it did bring out the worst in some people trying to vote for themselves. Also, <laughs> we, no, I'm really not joking. Um, but what happened was... Um, over the, the we've done six awards three disabled three enabled um if you like and then we've done the three british martial arts awards um they, they, it's, it's very quickly become one of the the major um evenings in, in british martial arts yeah um F, we, we were getting phone calls a month before um the last one saying can we come as well who, who are you with oh no we just said it's a really cool event we'd like to be there yeah. so we've had some legendary martial arts there the last one as you know, we had Brian Jacks, yep. the uh, the judoka who was um, obviously so um, uh, wonderful in Superstars back in the seventies, which I remember. Um, and what a lovely man! Um, and, and again, every single dinner we've had, there's been a wonderful story attached to it. People have done lovely things to each other. And as you say, you met Paulie there. Yep. What what has happened um, categorically is there has been this. Uh, quantum entanglement of people who have met at the dinners and have become friends and and they're now working together i could give you probably 30 instances where this has happened and it's been completely organic it's not been forced it's just been a wonderful experience for people um and i you know i, I don't know how long i've got left chris you know no, no one does but what after the last one i felt i so pleased and so proud of what we created because you know for, for seven days afterwards social media was still full yeah. of photographs and people doing videos and explaining how it meant to them and, and what it meant to them and it will carry on you know when i've got it will carry on and it will it will grow and it will be you know a, a still a beautiful thing but it, it's done with integrity it's done with love it's done with honesty and most importantly for me um as you as you know, and I've got Russ sitting here now. Um, one of our dear friends died earlier on this year, Scott Caldwell, and of course it was always going to be very sad uh, with Scott not being there. But on that same uh, coin, Scott was a fairly contentious person, and deliberately, and that's that was his path. But a lot of people, because he lived on the Isle of Man, would not have had the pleasure of his company. The dinners did that. Yeah, they allowed people to meet him. 
and everyone was shocked. You know, this person, the caged devil, da da da, and, and all you see is this this madman with his weird glasses on, with this big beaming smile, with his arms wide open, hugging people and taking a genuine interest in who they were and sticking up for the underdog and and stirring up. And that's what you know, Russ Russ and him did. And and I think British martial arts should always be grateful to the pair of them for actually yeah. making that. And you know, I would say. Categorically, from my own point of view, you know, I, I w- w- was perhaps in a slightly different world from these guys. But as soon as I saw and I started to understand what they were trying to do, I, 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 I you know, I threw my, my cards in with them straight away. Because one thing that I, I do appreciate more than anything is honesty. Yeah. And there are so many fakes and liars and uh, charlatans and false prophets in British martial arts as to be ridiculous. I look what Russ has actually achieved with his uh, mean streets, and that's why he won so many awards this year. Because you know, in a year he's got thirty-five coaches under him, and these guys, mate, you know, I know quite a few of them, and I, and they're really good people. But the standards are extraordinary, you know. And I, I'll say this in front of Russ, and I've never actually said this before, but I, I watch some of their training. I watch the videos. I, I know the people, and, and they are talented performers. I probably. Um, had it not been for the illness, I probably would have given up teaching for a year and gone up to train with Russ so I could pass on the proper stuff to uh, my students. Now, I can say truthfully that um, we've been going for uh, since the third of the third of the third. So it's a few years. We've had 11 students attacked in that time. Um, and I'm not talking about a pub scuffle. I'm talking about um, an aggravated burglary, a carjacking, a knife attack, uh, three people jumping someone outside of a nightclub. All of our students have walked away on skates. So we've we've been on the right path, but I I see huge gaps. And if I can see huge gaps, and I'm supposed to be sort of fairly well known within the thing, um, if other people, I see some of the the absolute dross that's being taught these days, and it's abhorrent. And and Russ and and Scott uh, had opened up the doors to people to look at it from a different way. And uh, it, it was genius. It was absolutely genius. And it was proper. Um, and all of a sudden, there is a new a new level of genuine um, teaching to people, to deal with people with, with, in a violent situation. And, and you know, I, I was sold the first time I saw it. And you know, I've been around long enough not to sort of fall for scams and fakers. But this is the real deal. Yeah. So... That's one of the great things that I think can happen from the dinners. And also, I mean, you know yourself, isn't it lovely to go to a place where you recognize so many good people? Yeah. And, you know, when Terry O'Neill was up there, um, which was the two ago, I, I was actually like a child. That's Terry O'Neill. That's <laughs> the legend that is Terry O'Neill. And, you know, I've met people like Hoyce Gracie and Chuck Liddell and all these wonderful people. But I never had that, oh, my God, moment with any of them apart from Terry. Um and he came up to me afterwards and he said, uh, in his sort of Liverpudlian accent, um, I mean, this is a guy who was um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's stuntman, basically, um, still doing the doors in his 70s up in Liverpool. And, and, and a legend. There is, you know, don't ever call me a legend, mate. More like legend. Terry O'Neill is a legend. <laughs> and um, he comes up to me and he said, I don't want to give you any shit, he said, but this is the best martial arts event I've ever, ever been to. And I said, well, that's... That's really kind and very sweeping. And he said, no. He said, I'm telling you it is because for the first time I see people who are from different backgrounds, different disciplines, different martial arts, and all of a sudden they've all come together 
and they're as one. There's no politics. There's no bullshit. It's people supporting each other for the good of martial arts. And he said, I've absolutely been thrilled by, by being here. And uh, yeah, I, I walked away like the proverbial dog with two of them. Um, <laughs> still going, oh, my God, it's Terry O'Neill. Um, lovely man. Fantastic. So, yeah, I hope that answered your question. It very much does. It very much does. Now, thank you for saying time. And you thought Paulie me. could talk. <laughs> I'm just a fluffer for him. I you know when I, when, I, when I decided to do this, I thought I'll I'll aim for about an hour for this podcast. Wow. Yeah, well, we just we've just gone the second cup of coffee by then. That's gone. That's well gone. I think we're probably into about two hours now. To be fair, but no, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, two hours of quality content. That's what we'll say. Cool. And um, so earlier you mentioned as well um, that you were an author. So mm-hmm. um, could you tell us a little bit about your book? Well, there's two books out there. Um, the first one is a really strange story. I, I woke up, as you know, Chris, I'm always busy. I'm always doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I woke up one Sunday and we had nothing to do. It was a, a particularly overcast, rubbishy sort of day. And it was just like, bleh. So um, and I was bored senseless. I was absolutely bored senseless. Strangely, the following Sunday, also not doing anything, woke up early, really early, thought, I'm not going to go through a boring day like that again. What can I do? What can I do to make... I'm going to write a book in a day, I decided. Shit. And I did. It's called The Dow Spiritual Warrior. And um, it was basically sort of um, little life lessons I've learned and um, uh, quotes from films and stuff that sort of resonated with me that I use in my teaching. And it was, it was really well received, but it, it was a fun thing. And to get a book in your hand is a really wonderful thing. It's like giving birth, I would guess. Um, but quite not so much placenta, really. <laughs> On the other side um, of, of the coin, you know, it, was, it was good to do, and I'm glad I did it, but it, it was still a cop-out. It was like I, I wanted to do something. It was pretty good. Um, I, I know a lot of people enjoyed it. I, I certainly enjoyed it. But um, I did, after the operation, and, and I think it actually um, struck me after going up to um, the martial arts show up in Darlington or what have you, uh, and so many people have come up to me and talked about how how my um, Facebook uh, pages had, had really inspired people and what have you. And I thought it'd be really good to leave a legacy in a book. So I, I took I took the premise that I'm going to diarise it like I've done in Facebook. But then on the days that needed perhaps more expansion, I then write about it. Mm-hmm. And I started, and it was brilliant. It was a brilliant, um, wonderful experience. Then I got stuck. So a very dear friend of mine um, offered me a, a use of a caravan, a static caravan on these mobile home things up in the Welsh mountains overlooking the beach where oddly um, uh, Top Gear used to go and tr- uh, do driving on the beach. Wow. So I'm in a foot up a mountain overlooking this beautiful thing um, and it was wonderful. Um, so I had a week up there writing and I basically broke broke the back of the book then. Um, and it's called Breaking Bob. It, it's about my journey with cancer uh, it starts off um, basically with an introduction leading into when I first got the uh, the news, and it finishes um, with me in the dressing room of Wilco Johnson, the uh, the famous guitarist who has become a really good friend, who also sadly suffered from cancer. Mm. And um, it's the story in between. And the first time I actually had it in my hand and then reread it, I thought this is actually really good. Um, and you know, I am quite self-critical and. But I thought this 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 works, and um, I think we've had about fifty six or fifty eight um, um, reviews on Amazon. All of them have been 
uh, five star. All of them have been really, really good reviews. But my favourite one, I was up going to a clinic in London, and um, I'm on the uh, I'm on the tube, and this lady is looking at me opposite, and she says, "Excuse me, are you Bob?" Well, the reason it was called Breaking <laughs> Bob because of um, Lord Flashheart and Bob, if you recall. Yes, and yes. Um, I said, "No, no, no, madam, I'm not Bob," and I wasn't even thinking about you know. That, uh, anything to do with the book and she said you are bob and I go, no i'm anti she said yes you're bob <laughs> it's a bit like the trigger moment on um only fools and horses every day <laughs> and um, she gets out her kindle and the book she was reading was mine wow and that was just brilliant i mean it was just such a nice feeling that someone is actually reading it and i know you know most of my friends would have bought one and, and people who knew me um out of maybe curiosity but i think it actually had a it resonated with a lot of people, and unfortunately, you know, today um, has been a, a quiet day. But you know, over the course of a week, I may get ten phone calls with people who've got cancer, and you know, I'll, I'll try and help them where I can. Um, and, and it's and it's a good thing. And the books helped an awful lot with that because that's got my sort of message out that there are alternatives to chemotherapy. There, there are other things. And um, you know, two and a half years ago, I was given no, sorry. Um, three and a half years ago, I was given six months to live. I was still here. A year ago, my I was given an updated prognosis. Oh, you have a year to live. That's eighteen months down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still here, and you know I'm, I've slowed up a little bit. I've, I've, I've had to adjust my life, but I'm still here, and it's a wonderful world, mate. And you know, we we try, and and you know, I, I see people just living their lives in, in an existence. They don't live. And I realise that all the people I surround myself with, and you mentioned about Paulie talking earlier, all the people in my life now are passionate people. And it doesn't matter what about. Paulie is so passionate about um, you know, the autism thing, and rightly so. You, you know, you're incredibly passionate about getting a good positive message from martial arts, martial arts out there and you know, with, with the kicking thing. I think it's brilliant. We've all got our passions. And it doesn't matter... Where, where those passions are coming from, there is an overlap because we just have an interest in bloody life. <laughs> and I think it's really important. And I, and I think that's where when you have a, a terminal disease and you're told, it does make you live your life a little bit better. Wow. So, yeah. What an important yeah. message. Well, I know. I, am, <laughs> I <laughs> personally, I know I've said this to you personally before, yeah. but I will speak on behalf of the martial arts industry as a whole and just say thank you for everything that you've done and continue to do um, oh, thank you it's, um, it's, it is amazing work that you do and it does it does inspire it inspires me and I know it inspires thousands of others as well um, and and the, the the award shows especially the, the two highlights of my year every year um, yeah. really, really look forward to it and it's it's created this big community um, and it's um I perhaps shouldn't say this, but mm-hmm. it's one of those events where I don't worry about which table I'm going to end up sat on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care. I just, I just turn it's up good. and sit wherever, and it, and and yeah. you know you're going to be sat with friends. Yes. Um, and that uh, lovely. What? Yeah, you know, three hundred people there, and and everyone mingles, everyone talks to each other, and it and it's brilliant, mate. And you know, I I, I looked out. I, you know, I wasn't sure if I, I had the energy to do the whole of the. Um, comparing because you know, you you're actually up and talking for about six hours, um, but I thought no, if this is my last one, I wanted to I want to do it and I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Although in fairness, Russ and Tony Bailey were on on standby. If I um I didn't tell him he was on standby apparently, um, 
but um, they were there in case I faltered. But I didn't, and it was wonderful to look out there. And there was one particular point where um, there was a lull in the proceedings, and we had a little break just before about eight o'clock, I think. Uh, we'd had our food. Everybody sort of recharged their glasses for the, the major awards that were coming. And I just stood there for a minute or two, and I just watched. Everyone was engrossed in the conversation of their, their fellow people on their table. There was conversations, and uh, I, I think to sum it up, uh, my old boss, Daryl Clark, and his mate, Greg, uh, came along as my guests of honour. Greg, uh, Greg and uh, Russ have been, uh, sorry, uh, um, Greg and Daryl have been good friends for probably near on 30 years. And I invited them up there because uh, because Daryl had been so uh, kind in donating some equipment to try and help me fight the cancer. And it's always good to spend time with them anyway. So Greg uh, contact, sits me down, and he's, and he's got this really earnest look on his face, and he goes, I can't believe tonight. And I go, well, why? He said, there are some incredibly tough people here. You don't have to tell me. You know, and, and there were. There's some of the leading lights in British martial arts there. And he said, all I've seen tonight is love respect and courtesy that's all i've seen and and it was true you know when people were walking past chairs it was always like after you sort of thing people were talking to each other people were conversing and when you said you know you've been doing some stuff with paulie i thought that's brilliant that's exactly what i wanted to achieve with this this sort of good people working together for the right reasons and we all benefit and it's done with courtesy and love and and that's what martial arts is about to me and i think i said that at the dinner you know, Guru Dan Inosanto said, you know, why do we do martial arts? We do it because of love. We do it for love of family. We do it for the love of friends. And most importantly, we do it for love of self. And I think that is perfectly true. Um, and it's a great feeling to smack someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> um, all this nice is then I have to balance it off with my yang side. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Yep, I've got a shoot. I've got... Um bunch of kids stood outside the door looking at me now ready to come in for class so i better better finish it there but no thank you very much for your time really do appreciate it thank you thank you so a big thanks to tony and to all our guests that are featured in this week's episode um a big thanks to everybody out there for the support please continue to share and to spread the word about the facebook group and keep an eye out coming very soon we're going to have our own website um so you'll have a central place to go and visit all things to do with this podcast and anything connected to it so keep an eye out announcement will be coming very very soon and hope you all have a great weekend and i'll catch you next week 